Welcome back to Cradle of the World, a Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 campaign by Death Watch Productions. Uh, I am Brandon, the Dungeon Master, and we return to our heroes, all split up on their different tasks. Uh, Graham, in the submarine deep beneath the surface of the ocean, had rescued um, a couple of the elves that had been captured along with his family and continues to search for his sister and mother. And Fenrith continues to defend the village as it gets attacked from different locations. And Casimir continued his exploration of the temple, uh, fighting against goblins and finding a false wall that led to an alcove that had some artwork that told a story about the Seldarine. And... Rohan continues his guerrilla battle in the dark, stormy night out in the forest against the uh, humans who ha- and goblins who captured the family of f- farming elves. And that's where we'll pick it back up. But first, we'll introduce our heroes, starting with Chris. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm playing Casimir, hero of the rock, and John's a poopy, poopy doo-doo head. <laughs> I'm Travis. I'm playing Graham, the hero of the sea, and I'm going to save everybody. I'm Justin. I'm playing Rohan, who will probably die today. Nah, you're good. That's right. Fenrith will um, not be joining us today, so be running his... Um... He's playing Fire Emblem Engage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, Rohan, we'll pick it back up with you. You had done uh, your tree stride. To get ahead of the group again and wait to intercept them. <clears throat> and so you've come out now, it's um, you've come out of a, a tree uh, down the path, and you know, it's still dark and it's still raining very hard. Um, but you were waiting to intercept this group as they continued on towards you, and you can hear their shouts because the you know, the humans, the the leader of this group is shouting for them to hurry up and to keep moving. Um, and so we'll pick it back up on you as a goblin leading, a, a holding a, a rope to which the human captives are attached comes into view um, down this small game trail. Okay. Was that um, the next round before my next turn or was that? Did I have to wait a full round? Yeah, you had to wait a full round. Okay. So, and there's just one that came out? Yeah. So, right now you can see one goblin in the lead and he's holding a rope. Okay. And you can see the, you know, the humans behind him. So, and another goblin. So, you got two goblins and then the humans. Okay. So, I'll split my attacks between the two goblins. All right. Let me. And I'll add in. Deadly aim. All right, did that add it? Okay, let me put make it your turn. You should be able to see him on the combat tracker now, or uh, can you? Yep, I can see him. All right, so one deadly aim. Um, and then they are my favorite enemy, so plus four to attack. And all right, these first two shots will go to Goblin Rifleman one. Okay, all right, so both of those, um, didn't have it. Targeted. Let me put it. Yeah. There. So that's 
The first one hit, and the second one is a miss. Okay, so the first one would have been my multi-shot, so it's two arrows. Okay. Oh, an extra eight damage there. I forgot to put on the extra four. All right, so that's two arrows Yeah. one shot? Yep, that was the multi-shot shot. Yeah, so these two arrows, um, you know, they streak through the night and the rain with the crackling electricity and punch him right in the heart and he falls to the ground. Okay. Uh, and then the next two arrows. Oh crap. I forgot to add the plus four on that. Um, so that's a 25 and then an 18. So the first one hits. Okay. Then plus four for the favorite enemy and. Okay. Yeah, so that arrow sticks in his chest as well, but he remains standing. <clears throat> and, he, you know, he's looking around trying to find where you are, even following the, um, you know, the track of your electrified arrows. It doesn't seem to you like he sees you. Okay. Um, okay. Anything else for you? Um, As a full attack? Yeah. And then I will move so that the tree is between me and anybody coming up the road. Yeah, you could do you know, with a five foot you could you could get at least partial cover from anybody coming down that path. Okay. All right. So then uh you know that first one falls and he drops the line and that second one gets you know an arrow in his chest but he, he he's still standing and he grabs that rope and then you hear someone from behind them shout um you know get moving and uh he takes off in a run the goblin rifleman does yeah he grabs that line and he's running straight down this path dragging those humans with him and then you can see the uh that leader come into view as well uh, behind the humans okay um you still don't see the 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 ranger anywhere okay but they can go so you would have seen them. So by the end of their turn, they're about 40 feet away from you. Okay. Because um, they were about 120 feet away when you spotted them. And now uh, it doesn't seem to you like they see you. And they're, um, all of their attention seems to be on just running now. Okay. So you can see that human taskmaster or whatever now for my next turn. Yeah, so this this robed human, this mage, um, let me get this on here. He's behind the rest of them. And yeah, you can see him. And then you see two more goblins as well. Okay. <clears throat> and then let me get it to, yeah, so they, they're come, you know, running down the trail and that human screaming at, that mage is screaming at him to hurry, hurry, hurry. And, um, what do we got here? Yeah, you still don't see the ranger, so it'll bring it back to your turn. Okay, so I'll target the human mage, and I'll go arrow by arrow. I'm not using deadly aim this time. So first arrow, that is two arrows for multi-shot. That's a hit. Okay. Second shot. That one goes wide. Third shot. And fourth shot. All right. And then I will, um, I guess I'll just stay where I am right now. Uh, okay. try and get partial cover from Okay. Them. All right. So, yeah. So you, you fire these arrows. One of them sticks into that, 
um, mage and you can see him stagger a bit and then, uh, you know, the rest of the arrows go wide and then you sort of duck around a little trying to get, you know, some concealment from him. When that human shouts at the goblins to keep going, it's just up ahead and then that um, ranger materializes from out of the trees and um, he goes up to the the mage and starts holding him up and you can see that mage start casting a spell. Okay. So then he, let's see, where is it? Yeah, so he casts a spell and he and that uh, ranger disappear. Okay. And you know enough about magic that um, that you, well, do your spellcraft. I think it's Arcana now. Or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, it's spellcraft. Still is? All right. Yeah. Yeah, so he teleported. Okay. Um, and then those uh, goblins dragging the humans, they're running at full speed. Um, and now, so now they've gone past you okay and it'll be back to your turn so now when you look at them now you're looking um you're looking from behind them and so you've got like the wounded goblin up front it's very difficult to see him anymore pulling the humans and then there's a couple of goblins in the back like screaming at him to go faster okay um how far away are the goblins in the back they're 40 feet now <clears throat> okay i'll i'll target uh goblin rifleman three first okay i'll do deadly aim uh plus four for favorite enemy and first shot with two arrows to hit okay and second arrow all right so that takes him in the back of the neck and he falls to the ground skids a few feet Okay, how far away is the one at the front? He's no, he's so he would be sixty feet away now. Okay, I'll target him with the next arrow. Uh, plus four for favorite enemy. So we have a miss there. Okay, plus four again. Ooh, potential critical. Critical hit. Critical. No, not confirmed. All right, so just a regular hit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that arrow streaks up over the top of the elf the elven captives heads and uh sticks in the back of his head and he slides to the ground okay and the last goblin i'll take one shot at him yeah i didn't expect that one to happen okay all right all right then that uh that last goblin screams and continues to race forward snatches up that uh lead line and tries to um, pull them along. But now those captives recognize that there's just one goblin. And so they start resisting um, by pulling back on that rope. And and he's just not strong enough to move all of them. So basically they are standing still and he turns around. You can see him aim his, um, lift up his, his musket and take aim at one of them and fire. Or wait, no, that's, that's not true. That's not what he does. You can see him stab at one of them with the bayonet. <clears throat> and you you do see that he did successfully stab one. Uh, but they're not moving there. And, you know, they're the captives are pulling back on that rope and the kids are screaming. Um, 
And it was what you assume to be the father is the one that got stabbed, but he's still standing. But that brings it back to you. Okay. I'll just do a full attack. No deadly aim this time. Uh, It's targeted. So two hits. Two hits. One automatic miss. Your bow breaks. I forgot to add the plus four for favorite enemy there. I'll put it on there. Okay. So yeah, it'd be another four damage to him. Okay. All right. So yeah, so the, um, you know, arrows stick into his stomach, streaking past these elven captives and he screams and doubles over. Um, and at this point he drops that rope and he runs screaming into the night down the trail. Okay. So at this point he was 60 feet away from you and with a move, he drops out of sight, um, you know, around, you know, now he's obstructed from your view. Okay. Um, I'll use my last tree stride to move 3,000 feet down the pathway. 3,000? Yeah. Okay. So you, um, you see the, uh, the elven captives there now that they're not being pulled along and the woman is, um, trying to tend to the wound of this, what you assume to be her husband. And then you do tree stride and zoom along to another like tree, 3000 feet away. And you come out of that. And when you step out, you see looking back the direction from which that goblin would be coming. Um, from, from your point of view here, the trail is pretty straight that way. And you'll have a good field of vision when he comes into view. Okay. Um, it's a small, narrow game trail, but it is, you know, it is free of, of large trees um, in its center anyway. And then behind you now, looking the way he would be running, um, you can see that that straightness continues for about another hundred feet. And then there's a drop off and you can see a glow coming from that direction as well um, after the point, after the drop off. Okay. But you're standing there waiting for him. So I should have a couple rounds before he manages to make it this far. Um, What do I see on that glow if I move that way? Uh, Yeah, so you can move down that trail and you get to the what's the the drop off there. And you can see that it's a rough, um, a rough drop. And, you know, just based on your own knowledge of the wilderness you can see that this is a washout um just by the way the ground is that you know the the rain was too heavy at some point and washed this section out so down about a hundred feet a pretty steep hundred feet you can see a bunch of trees laying you know in all different angles on their sides and stuff from uh, where they used to stand up here at this level and then uh past them where the trees once again are standing in the ground as they're supposed to be, you can see that glow coming through there, um, which seems obvious to you that it's a bright light of some sort, like uh, brighter than campfires. Okay. But that's all you can see from your angle. All right. And when the goblin gets there, of course, I'll open fire when he comes into view. Okay. Yeah, so after a bit, you you hear him before you see him, and you look down that trail, and here he comes, and he's got arrows st- stuck in his stomach, and he's um, 
running along, dragging his feet, obviously uh, wounded and tired, but you can go ahead and take your shot. Okay. We'll go full. Wow, that was horrible. Mm. One hit. All right. So that was the first arrow. So that was two arrows. All right. So um, both of those arrows strike him in the chest, and he just pitches forward and skids along on his face and then is still. Okay. All right. So I'm going to do just a little bit of psychological warfare here. I'm going to um, leave only his helmet in the path. I'm going to pick up his body and carry it back to the, uh, where the villagers were. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, so you, you shoot him and he dies. And, um, let's see, two things happen here. Um, pretty intense lightning strikes, you know, and they flash and light up the night and, um, give you a clear vision of the surrounding forest. And also, um, just the most brief change in the wind lets you hear some uh, sounds coming from where that glow is. Okay. It sounds to you like conversations, like somebody shouting, um, shouting to be heard, not shouting because they're angry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll uh, pick up that goblin and move as fast as I can. It'll put me into a, a heavy load probably, but... Yeah, I'll move back okay. to the villagers as fast as I can. All right. Um, see if they've managed to stop the blood flow from okay. the stab wound and try and get them moving back. See if they'll drag the goblin corpses with them. All right. Yeah. So you, you pick up that goblin and you start hoofing it back to those captives down the trail. And that's where we'll cut on over Okay. to, let's see, Casimir. Hmm. All right. So you're in this alcove and you've read this, well, you've looked at all this artwork and, you know, understood what it was depicting. Um, and there are two chests in here as well. This was a false wall. So it's like an illusion. So, I mean, if you look behind you where you came in, you see a wall there. Mm -hmm. um, but there's these two chests as well. All right. Um, what was it? I... I believe, like, I was in pain when we left off, right? Like, because it felt like my bones were stretching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were in intense pain, um, you know, collapsed on the floor. And, uh, um, you know, you're not sure how long that lasted. It felt like it could have been forever, but realistically, maybe just a minute or two. Okay. But, um, but essentially, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, when the pain finally stops, you realize... Uh, you know, in the span of that minute or two, you grew. <laughs> um, I mean, that's just the best way to describe it. Uh, all right. So, uh, basically, let me let me give you some numbers here. All right, where are you? So, give me a roll three d eight for me. All right. There you go. Okay. Um, when you stand up, uh, let's see, let me get this. You realize that like you're taller, much taller, um, just bigger in general. Yeah. You know, so it feels very, very strange to you. No balance. Uncoordinated <laughs> yeah. and, you know, you know, the, like try to scratch your nose and punch yourself in the face sort of thing. Um, uh, let's see. You're now 
seven feet tall. (laughs) (laughs) What has happened? Uh, Apparently stretched. (laughs) And Really? Yeah. Okay. And you are now um, 200 pounds. I guess that explains why I was in so much pain. (laughs) Dang. Um, Yeah, as a matter of fact, that's not the only thing that changed. Um, You're you're taller and heavier. Um, Oh, sorry. 180 pounds. Okay. 180 (laughs) pounds. Um, And then I don't know what your... Let me check here. Casimir. Um, Yeah, I don't know if you had it written down or if it's ever been talked about but your hair oh yeah i think we were all tan skin and brown haired brown yeah. hair too well so um your hair grew a lot um was it a shock of blonde hair no it isn't it actually the coloration doesn't change much it just takes on sort of a um uh you know it was like brown but it now it takes on sort of a, a lighter brown coloration a lot like you know stone okay um, but that grew. Um, so yeah, then you, you stand up and you feel a little uncoordinated and you take some steps around and the pain was intense, but it's gone now. Um, you know, in real life, we all had those like random extreme pains from growing that like were, you know, debilitating and then suddenly just weren't there anymore. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what it felt like to you. Uh, you know, all of your, um, your equipment grew with you it's not like your you know um armor is too small now but the other things like your small clothes you know windcloth whatever that is too small now you know socks are squeezing but otherwise your equipment grew with you dang (laughs) yeah i'll sit up and i guess uh after i take stock of the changes that have occurred i'll uh quickly kind of get up and poke my head out the illusionary wall and make sure that like my screams weren't heard or perhaps they hopefully just blended in with the other screams that were usually happening. Okay. Um, uh, I guess I technically don't have to poke my head out. I can see through it, but right. Um, no, you do got to poke okay. your head out. Yeah. Do you have the map? Let me share it with mm-hmm. you. So yeah, you poke your head out. And one thing you notice is as you move your head through, like it's got that effect where you know that like the sound isn't going to penetrate. Okay. You know, yeah, like, so. like you stick your head through out into the hall and you start hearing the sounds of, you know, there was always that uh, like a low humming going on that you could hear. And so you hear that and then you pop your head back in and it's silence again. So, okay. So yeah, I guess what I'll do is um, I'll, uh, figure I'm safe in here, at least safe enough, and I'll uh, take off my armor and my clothes and begin trying to make some sort of fitting, like a, what is it, like, I don't know, tailoring, make yeah. it some, like, I don't know, cut cut them slightly or something like that. Yeah. I, used to, I used to have to do that to my jeans back in the day, put some slits in the side of the waist. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So you can, you can sit down and start working on that. Um, and, you know, it'll take you a minute or two. Okay. And then I'll rearmor and redress, and uh, get that. I guess I'll go check out those chests, see if I can die immediately after growing. Okay. Just more of me for that fireball to hit now. Yeah. 
All right, so you uh, you walk up to those two chests, and they're like everything in this room. They're um, immaculate, you know, free of dust, and uh, and you know these are the these chests are obviously very well made. They have that look about them of um, the ultimate uh, the builder having the ultimate functionality in mind, but also with enough skill to make them beautiful. Uh, be- beautiful in their simplicity, right? Mm. Strong and bound, without without a lot of um, flair to them. Um, but they don't have a lock. Mm. There's just a simple catch on them, uh, a larger version of what you'd find on a modern suitcase, you know. Okay. But, but no, no lock. Yeah, I'll uh, flip the catch, or you know, get, take it off. What is it like the? Uh... The loop or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, you just pop that up and open it. Yeah. All right. So the one you open first is it's a large chest, but when you open it, you see nothing but a, you know, its entire volume is filled seemingly with some uh, felt material hmm. with a cutout just big enough for a large book, which rests in that cutout. Oh, nice. Uh, any titling or no, no. So this is a a large leather bound book. Um, you know, the size of like, a maybe twice as thick as like a spell book. Okay. But no title. All right. Yeah. I'll pick that up. I'll, uh, flip through the first couple pages. See if, uh, anything I'm going to let's, who are we kidding? I'm going to keep it anyway, but yeah, (laughs) let's see what kind of. It's about. All right. Roll a, um, give me a will. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, there you go. All right. So you open this book and you start feeling this pull, this effect. Um, something about it makes you believe that it's not harmful and you're not sure. You don't feel like you could fight it at this point anyway. So it's like, your mind is drawn into this book. And rather than reading it with your eyes, you're like, um, you're learning its contents in a much more efficient way. As if, as if you're viewing all of this through the eyes of a person who's seen this story. Okay. This, um, this book is the account, um, of a man. Oh, did I? This book is the account of a man named... Oh, didn't write it down. Let me get that. I know I wrote you somewhere. Uh, Elion Pernelis. It's E-L-Y-O-N. And then P-E-R-N-E-L-I-S. Okay. This is his account. So, um, all right. So, this is his account. So, this account, um, you know, this book is is flawless and um, untouched by time, but you immediately understand as you begin reading it that it was written, you know, 2000 years ago or more. 
And this is the account of a man named Elian Pernellis, and he's an elf, and his um, he's a a citizen of a great elven city. And you know, rather than like reading a description of that, you're basically seeing it as he saw it, and it looks uh, vague, very familiar to you. Um, the the surrounding lands, anyways, um, it looks to you like cradle if it was enormous and a a metropolis but also if there was more land on the ocean you know before the ocean um than than there is now at cradle and uh you know you know so about you know a quarter mile um out to sea from where cradle is now um you can see that that's still land and there's a big castle out there at the end of it Um, but otherwise it looks a lot like cradle. And as a matter of fact, as you're, as the the vision continues, you, um, you get the image of the angry mountain and that, um, there's a, a massive palace where the home of the heroes is now from that palace, a bridge, uh, somehow stretches without any support in the intervening space from where that palace is all the way to um, about the midpoint of the angry mountain. And then you can even see that at that point, it begins a, uh, a winding road around the entire circumference of the mountain all the way up to the peak. Hmm. And uh, that's the vision you're getting. And at least 2000 years ago, and as you um, take this knowledge in from this book, you get um, the sense of this man's desperation. The elves are under attack. Um, the The enemy is um, not understood by you in this reading so far. You just get the sense that it's terrible and things are not going well for the elven people. Um, and you feel his sense of um what's the word desperation yeah there's desperation but also um i don't know why this word is escaping me but it's when you're uh, oh, resentment mm-hmm. desperation and resentment and so as you dive deeper down that feels like you're going down a river of his knowledge and then there's different uh tributaries and offshoots and streams and you go down that one because it seems to be the strongest, the resentment. And uh, down that path, you get the um, account of how he's absolutely certain that he could play a part in saving his people if the Seldarin would grant him this great power. Okay. That's the sense you're getting from it. And he's not explained yet what this great power is, but... Uh, at least at this point, you're able to determine that um, there is a great power that the Seldarine could grant him, but they won't. And he feels that is unjustified and he's resentful about it. And then, you know, um, at that point, you're, you know, swept back out of the book into and then you're standing in there holding it in your hands. You get the feeling like you've just done something very strenuous. Mm. You know, like you know, it wasn't you weren't just standing there reading like, you know, there was a physical effect to this. And so now you're standing there, you're a little bit shaky, uh, but you got this book in your hand and you can thumb through it some more. But that same thing doesn't doesn't happen at this point. OK, 
Um, I guess I'll uh, put it into the bag of holding, and then I'll open the second chest. All right. So in that second chest, um, where did it go? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. In that second chest, you open that up and you see um, a, a staff. All right. Yeah, I'll pick that up. Yeah. So this one has a weird effect because as you open it, you can see it's got that same like felt, you know, or cut out for for this staff and it's, you know, it fits in this chest. So it's small, you know, maybe twice as long as a wand, but clearly shaped like a staff would be. But as you draw it out, it regains its, you know, it takes on its full size and becomes a full size staff. Okay. Um, you recognize it as ash wood. It's a white ash wood staff and it's got silver uh, runes inlaid in it. Um, and it has... A, you know, basically, it looks like a a quarter staff or a a walking stick. As in, it doesn't have like something special at one end. It's just a you know a long staff with white you know white ash staff with some runes laid in it. But that's what you find in there. Okay. Uh, I'll cast uh, detect magic and take a look at it. I'll do it as a swift action to remove that 10% chance that for spell failure as well. Okay. Not that it mattered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good roll. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, obviously you, you detect very strong magic here. Um, let me get you the exact. Oh, let's see. All right, so it looks like spellcraft is used to identify now as well. Okay. I think is what I'm seeing here. And if I cast identify, I get a bonus, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Identify the properties of a magic item using detect magic is 15 plus items caster level. Okay. And so what did you roll a 25? No, that was your will. What did you roll? I You didn't. I haven't yet. All right, so, so yeah, roll a spellcraft. Uh, Come on, skills. Or is it missing it? There you go. Okay, yeah, you can. (laughs) Rolled a 40. (laughs) All right, so this is a... Yeah, you got it. All right. So you detect, you know, various strong auras coming from this. And let's see, what does it say? You detect, identify the properties of a magic item. Okay. Um, this is a staff of power. Okay. Uh, you detect, I mean, you can identify it'll it do a extreme, like a, a wide variety of things from, you know, fireball, lightning bolt, levitate, magic missile, Cone of cold, ray of enfeeblement, globe of invulnerability, hold monster, wall of force. Um, and also, the, it grants a plus two luck bonus to AC and on saving throws. And it also is a plus two quarter staff. Oh. And uh, its wielder may use it to smite opponents with <laughs> a charge. Um, it'll cause, like if one charge is expended, the staff causes double damage for one round. Um, anyway, you know, it can be used for 
Let's see, a retributive strike requiring it to be broken by its wielder. Mm. And if it does, then um, all the charges are instantly released in a 30-foot spread. (laughs) And uh, everything in the area takes damage equal to 20 times the number of charges in the staff at various distances. Um, It's very, very powerful. Yeah. So that's what you found there. All right. Um, am I still tired from growing and all that stuff? Uh, you know, not for, not for any game effect. I mean, you, you still feel, oh man, that was rough, but not to the point that it's gonna. So I'll put this in your inventory. All right. Cause I'm wondering if I should hang out for eight hours here and, uh, switch up the spells. Do I even feel like that would be a possibility? To what? Like, uh, rest and switch up spells or is it like am i like stasis locked basically in here no no you you definitely could rest okay yeah i'll casimir will sit down and do that okay then and uh just pass it off to travis yeah we'll go to graham all right um i forget little foggy did i kill that second guy yet or did we leave off before i was able to i think we left off before yeah, I was able to get we that had, second torture. We had left off. You were still up in the van at that point. Okay, so again, my plan is to sneak down and sneak attack him with the spanner. Okay, let me get you on here. Get you the map. Okay, do you see that map? Yeah, sure do. Let me get this open for you. So there you should be able to see him. Yeah. Um, well, you can see the the elf there. And then let me get this bad guy on here. And then, uh, let's see. You see him? Yeah. All right. So let me get the, put it on your turn there. All right. So I want to creep down from this vent and stealth up behind him. Did you want me to apply any modifiers to my roll? No, just do your stealth. Oh, goodness. Oh, the screams are too loud. And he's got this, you know, device that he's pointing at that. Elf, and then, you know, the elf is screaming, so... Okay, Graham, so you want to sneak down in there, and you've rolled your stealth. Yeah, I got a 25. I want to get up behind him and then uh, stab Bloodtooth into him with a sneak attack. All right, so make sure you target him. I think you got someone else targeted, or... I got the human extractor. Is that the right guy? Yeah. Okay. Um... All right, so here is my attack roll. Okay, so that's a hit. All right, damage from... Oops, sorry, ignore that. Hmm. Damage from Blood Tooth and the sneak attack. Still up? Nope, that's enough. Like, stab him right in the back of the neck and he just falls down. Yeah, and and again, I'll kind of help us fall. It's not a big crash, and I'll see how this person who was extracting essence from is doing quintessence quintessence right so this was another one of the newcomers that you don't that you recognize as a newcomer but that you've never met but um yeah he's um you know whatever they're doing to these people it may when you've like rescued your dad and the one before it clearly had some aging effect on him or at least a temporary one and this this one looks like he's spent you know skin is 
tightly drawn over his bones and his eyes have that washed out, faded look. And he's, you know, trying to catch his breath. It's not clear to you that he even realizes that you're there or that the pain has stopped. Well, nevertheless, I'll put some healing on him and hope that rouses him somewhat. So here's my use magic device. Okay. And the amount of healing. Okay. How does he fare after that? I I know if it's anything like the last ones, it doesn't seem to affect this rapid aging process. Right. Yeah. So obviously, um, you know, you can, you can see the energy wash over them and it does have a healing effect on them, but the, um, it's clear to you that the majority of the damage being done here is not the kind that's tracked by hit points, but he does start breathing easier and he blinks and his eyes seem a little bit sharper. You know, and he and he looks at you, and he, you know, he he tries to say something, but he can't manage it. But he just sits there, slumped in that chair. Okay. Well, I had a thought in between the last guy and this guy. So what I'll do is, if, with my signet ring of the sea, or is mm-hmm. it my armor that I cast spells on? Is I'll cast water walk and water breathing on them. I can do it at will, mm-hmm. and it should last. The water breathing, I think, is an hour per level, and then water walk is 10 minutes. So okay. if the worst comes to pass, then perhaps they'll stand some chance of getting out of here if I can't get back to him. Okay. And um, since he's not really responsive, I'll just leave it at that. At least he'll float up <laughs> yeah. to the surface. You're just going to push him out. The... <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess um, I was kind of wondering if we, I suppose D&D doesn't, or Pathfinder, no, Pathfinder doesn't take into account rapture um, of the deep <laughs> uh what do they call that like the bends may mm. or maybe water walk has some uh, magical yeah, effect that probably, stops that from happening part of the magic of yeah it, yeah water breathing would do make the same sense thing, yeah. yeah but yeah so um since i can't get any info out of him i'll uh, take a gander around this room um, so i'm kind of getting a sense of these being cells does that Vent continue to run north, or at least on the orientation of this map, onto another room? Yeah. Like, you can see there's another vent up there on the other side of the room. Okay. Yeah, that's where I'll go. Seems to be working so far. Crawl and stab, heal. Crawl, stab, heal. Mm. All right. I better take one of those off of there. All right. So you crawl up into there, and now you see... You know, there's another vent that looks into a, a room, and then the, you know, the vent goes to your left, obviously, like the other ones did. I'm not sure why you got this marker. What is this for? What marker? I don't see a marker. Okay, I'll get rid of it then. <laughs> you probably marked me for death last session. Just forgot what it meant. <laughs> no, you've got <laughs> kilogram. Next time we play, there's a pointer coming back to. On the, is there a GM layer? Is that how it works? Because I definitely don't see a pointer. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So I'm I am continuing through that vent, or these are just little short areas. I'm seeing if it if there's another room just across, like there was the previous time. Yes. Yeah. There's another one, and I'll let me put that up here in a second. Yeah. So you should be able to see in there now, and. uh 
And this one, um, you've got, and this one's empty. Okay. It's the same setup, but there's no one in this one. And do I see yet another vent um, to the north, or does this seem like this is the end of the bank of cells? You do see another vent over there. Okay. Well, then I'll hop out of this one and into the next one. All right. All right, so you, you come in here, and uh, let's see. Then you've got another vent like you have been so far. And uh, you look down into this room, and you see this seems to be like a storeroom of sorts because there's just barrels and uh, chests and piles of stuff in here. You don't detect any people. Okay, does this seem to be the end of... No. From there, you do see that, you know, there is another vent over um, right on the opposite side from you. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll just go check it out. Crawl out and in the opposite way. Okay. So, yeah, you move down into this room. And you're looking into, you see a storeroom here, basically. So you've got all these chests here on this wall. And then you've got a bunch of, um, you know, barrels stacked up on this side. You're not sure what's in them. Um, but there is some, like, what looks to be scrap metal, odd shape, oddly shaped scrap metal in that pile. But mostly it's just barrels. Um, and then over here, you see another vent right here. Okay. Yeah, crawling into that one, does it just looks like it bends off to the yeah. west? Yeah, you get in here, and um, it looks like just a few feet ahead that cuts to the left. Yeah, I'll crawl around it. A working idea that this part will be somewhat symmetrical, so maybe I'll have another bank when I come around. We'll see. Okay, so here you come around this bend, and uh, then you see another vent there, and you look through that vent and now you see something different so you're looking into a uh, a large room with some people working at um, some sort of station that has um, lights and colors flashing on it and then there's a table and then some large apparatus um, takes up the bulk of this room <clears throat> and there's a a pretty a steady um, loud humming, grinding, grunting sort of sound coming from the whole room. Well, it looks like a good room to apply my disabled device skill, but I'll save it for later and I'll backtrack. Uh, and so you can see, you know, let me just put them on because you can see two of them from here. So there's two, um, two guys in here that you can see, one working at the table and one over at that, uh, whatever that workstation is with all the lights and colors. <clears throat> yeah. And I pretty much can't make heads or tails of what it is they are doing. Right. Like last time with the other guys. Yeah. So I'll leave it for later and I'll backtrack into that storage room or actually maybe in the vent across from the storage room. Cause it looked like it traveled West back to the hallway. And uh, I'm going to see about those other rooms on the West side of the wall of that hallway. So back up into this vent. Uh, yeah, and I want to crawl down to the end of that towards the hallway and look out. Okay. See if there's anything down there. All right, so you get to this vent, and you can look out into the hallway, and you see that now you are 
uh, close to the end of it. And so when you peek your head out and look to the right, you can see those two um, constructs that are standing in front of that door that, that was at the very end. Oh, right. Okay. So maybe I'll have to backtrack down and go even further. Can you see them? Yeah. Okay. Well, one of them anyways. Yeah. So that's where they are. Yeah. So I'll go to, I see like these black lines in the hallway. Is that actually sectioned up the hallway like that? That's the vent. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Or so the, uh, the duct. I will skirt back around in this duct work to where I put my movement and come down there and uh, just start working on the west side of this hallway, Those that bank of rooms. Okay. All right. So um, this duct here had those um, constructs here, right to the right here. Oh, did it? I don't remember that. I just went crawling right in front of them. Well, it didn't seem to disturb them Yeah, because they, they had scanned you but didn't react because yeah. of your disguise. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, always a little bit nerve-wracking when I have to walk by these guys, but I'll do it again to to get in the opposing duct work, it looks like, on the other side of the hallway. Okay. All right. So, yeah, you move out and you go up to this duct, and they will scan you again. Hmm. So close, but they don't uh, react to you. They just go back to looking. I think it was a nice touch how they programmed it so it'll teeter on the edge for a sec. For yeah, a sec, yeah. I, I, I don't know why I'm always like, oh, I'll get an 18 this time. Four, I don't know why it shouldn't surprise me. Four is my lucky number. All right, so you're back in this duct here, or you're in this duct that you haven't been in before, but you're yeah. on the other side. And that one goes like the other one quite a ways and then branches to the right, and you find yourself looking into a room where another one of those humans is performing this torture of whatever sort on your mother. And you see your mother in there and she's screaming. Um, yeah, well, feeling pretty confident with this duct work now and this sort of routine. I'll get out of that vent and stab them. Give it, have a little extra emotion behind it, but. All right, so do your stealth roll, please. Okay, anything's better than a one. <laughs> 41. Nice. Well, I'll roll his his perception <laughs> to see if he sees you or hears you. Oh, he didn't. <laughs> Close. He was only missed it by 37. <laughs> That's the odds I like right there. <laughs> All right, so uh, you should be able to target him, so go ahead. Uh, am I targeting him? Now I am. Okay, so first with the attack roll. That's a hit. <clears throat> and with the dagger damage and sneak attack damage. Got to get some more gems on this dagger. Doing a run like this. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Um, you're able to kill him immediately. All right, and then I'll rush to my mother's side and see how she fares. Probably don't even wait to uh, to heal her. <laughs> Just, yep. She'll be absolutely horrified at having just watched you 
eviscerate a dude with a spanner as far as he, and become yep. human. <laughs> Still human. Or it could be close to wearing off by now. All right, so you um turned into an elf in those ducks. You you rush forward and you heal her and as, you know before you do that you can see that um it, maybe it hasn't been going on as long but the aging effect doesn't seem to be as pronounced with her. You also see that like one side of her face has really swollen lips um cut you know obviously from mom didn't have an acid tongue taking a punch um you can see her uh on her hand a couple of her fingers are snapped at an odd angle and there's like a ludicrous amount of like skin underneath her fingernails um fighting but yeah you 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 know put that wand on her and cure her um completely obviously and um so all that damage disappears and now she just looks very wan and you know tired. yeah and uh, a little bit aged but this would be more like closer to how old she was when we first started right right yeah because the island had been working yeah them sort of backwards yeah yeah exactly so it's not not something you're not used to seeing but um you know she's uh, catching her breath and she smiles when she looks at you she says oh graham Nice job. Thanks, Ma. I knew you'd come for us. I found Dad in another room. I'm just here to kill indiscriminately. <laughs> Is he okay? Uh, yeah, uh, a bit like you. Oh, I think you were worse off, actually. Well, they took your sister. Uh, I, whoever I assume was in charge took your sister. I'm not sure where they took her. Well, I aim to find out, Ma. He did say he had different uses for her. Whatever that means. But you have to find her. Uh, I'm going to, but here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to make it back. I'm not sure how this is all going to turn out. So, And I'll cast those spells for my ring, and I'll explain to her what they do. And if I'm not back in a certain amount of time, I'll uh, give her a rough idea of how to get out of here if she has to do it on her own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will come back if I can. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, she looks at you and she says, you just find your sister and I'll worry about the rest of them. And then she walks over to that vent and climbs up in there. And you can hear her thumping along as she crawls through the duct. That's where you get your skills from. <laughs> Learned it from mom. <laughs> Mother Miller. All right. Uh, I will go... Um, Am I correct in my assumption that there is another event to the north linking this chamber to the next? Yes. You do see a vent up there. So you start walking over there and give me a fortitude save in the tower, please. Uh-oh. I haven't been looking for traps for yet. How did I do? All right. So... Dance of fortitude. You're walking over there. Searching for traps. Oh. <laughs> no, you're just walking over there, and then uh, for whatever reason, you just are wrecked with incredible pain all over your body. Huh. Um, it doesn't. It's not like a trap. You're not even there yet. You're just walking there, and suddenly you're just hit by this extreme pain. Brings you down to your knees, and so you're down on the floor writhing in agony. Oh, is this what happened to you before you get stretched? Welcome to the Seven Foot Club. Yes. <laughs> Roll 2d8 for me, please. Nice. 
Very nice. Would be funny if you somehow lost height, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad for a rogue, I guess. I mean, you're, you kind of want to head for right. that small category. I mean, yeah, most of the builds do go for that. But All right. Um, so when that ends, and it's hard to say if it was a minute or an hour, um, and the pain just disappears as suddenly as it arrived, you realize that you're all of your limbs have stretched and you're taller now. Oh, this is going to make the duct work a lot harder. And, uh, you know, you stand up on, you know, shaky legs and, and everything feels weird. And you realize that you are six feet, four inches tall. Nice. And your pants stop right above your knees now. <laughs> you. I was already wearing like the sailor type. <laughs> so now I'm wearing like. <laughs> Mid thigh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> elven sailor booty shorts. <laughs> Perfect for Why sneaking. Why does that sound like the new title of this campaign? <laughs> elven sailor booty shorts. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. No, it's okay. It's uh, and now you um, you're you weigh a hundred and um, hundred and forty nine you want me to redraw draw the title cards? <laughs> <laughs> I keep, can't tra- keep trying to sneak through these vents. <laughs> oh, sorry, 159 pounds. Uh, 6'4", 159. Yeah, very, very lanky. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's almost a full foot taller and 50 pounds heavier. And uh, so you um, you can make it into that vent and you can see that, you know, just like the other ones goes into the next room or can or goes on down towards the hallway man you'd be kind of a bumbling fool for a little bit if you had that kind of rapid growth wouldn't you yeah well i remember like the the boys slightly older than me back when they were going through that and like they were just uncoordinated as hell. right well i remember like starting to bang my shoulders on like the uh the the walls and stuff when i come around a corner because i take it a little too narrow Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm All right, so you hop up into there, and then we'll switch on over to Rohan. Okay. You should check for the dent in your head, see if that... uh... (laughs) Did it come up? (laughs) Popped it out. All right, Rohan, so you make it back to um, uh, this elven family. Um, So you've got like a mother and a father, and, um, you know, there's two children and what looks like a... um, could be an uncle or maybe a very young grandfather or something. Okay. A farmhand, it's hard to say, but um the 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 father there is um laying on the trail and he's bleeding from this uh bayonet wound in his stomach. Okay. And uh his wife is trying to tend to him and the kids are are like huddled around that other adult and softly crying. And the rain is now pouring even more fiercely. So everybody's soaked and muddy. Okay. Um, and, I'll cast my one cure light wounds on him. Okay. So, so yeah, seven points right. of healing. So that, um, you know, you cast that spell and it, you know, stitches his wound up in front of your eyes there and the bleeding stops. And, you know, he's still obviously in pain and, and weakened. But um, the danger of them dying has passed. Yeah, I'll start trying to get them moving back the way that they'd come. Uh, 
tell them to to grab the weapons from the goblins that I had killed, though. Okay. Uh, all right. So they start to do that. Um, they get up and they start gathering all that. Um, you can see them looking at like the muskets. They're not sure how they work, but they do. Rec- they do figure out how to flip out the bayonet. So at least that's a stabbing weapon for them. Okay. Uh, and as they're doing that, I'll I'll uh, describe what I've seen the goblins do to reload. Um, you know, tell them about the the powder they put in, and mm-hmm. yeah, just kind of say what they say. As I uh, drag the corpses of the goblins off the road, okay, or off the path. All right. So, in short order, they you know they arm themselves, and you can see them fidgeting with them, trying to figure it out. I mean, they can, um, they you know, they figure out how to put the powder in and the cartridge and everything. But um, no matter what, for whatever reason, when they try to you know like fire it in into the woods, it it doesn't fire. All right. Yeah, I'll have to kind of you know, could be the rain. Leave that to them, but um, yeah, we should be able to get the four muskets, and once they they've got those and and the corpses are pulled off the road, then uh, I'll start kind of rushing them back mm-hmm. the way they'd come. Uh, all right, yeah. So that you know they'll uh, move in the direction you want them to. And as we go, I'll I'll be asking them. If there are any other nearby farms where they might be able to gather together a decent-sized group of people to try and make their way to the town. Um, so the the father speaks up there. He's still leaning pretty heavily on his wife, but he says, uh, yeah, um, I know right where we are. And um, we could easily make it to, um, he says, there's a farm south of here that they could make it to. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll tell them that we need to gather as many people together as possible. There seem to be quite a few of these invaders. And if we're going to try and resist them, we need a, a good front or someplace where, where they can hold out and defend. And the, the best place would probably be the town. But mm-hmm. if, if they can gather enough of the farmers together, then they might be able to find a place nearby. Uh, so he says, well, we can make it to that, um, let me find it. Um, he calls it the um, Ilibalar farm. Uh, it's a name you don't recognize. It must be newcomers, but Ilibalar farm, he says, which is to the south and west from here. But that there's also the Presumen farm, and that is um, north and a little bit east from here. All right. Um, and uh, he says... Um, he hasn't heard from them in the last, well, two days before all this started happening. But uh, he says that they they might need help because they've got both of, both sets of parents living with them and they're, um, you know, they're disabled. Okay. Uh, I'll tell him to head south to the Alibalar farm and I'll check on his neighbors to the north, but that... Uh, there had been other things that had been attacking farming settlements in the north, northern part that may have already gotten them. He says the last time he talked to him was like three days ago. Okay. And they seemed fine then. Yeah, before the hurricane, there had been some sort of creatures taking farmers from the northern parts of the, the settlements. So depending on how far they've come, I'll do what I can to, to bring them 
but but there's a possibility they're already gone. Okay, well, I'll I'll get us. I, I can get my family, and from there we'll we'll start gathering up as many people as we can. Okay. If there are any hunters, um, make sure that they bring their bows, and and perhaps we can put up some sort of resistance in the woods. These foreigners don't seem very accustomed to the woods, at least the majority of them. Okay. So with that, they um, they thank you for rescuing them. And uh, that other adult who now, you know, as you look at him closer, you can see that it's clearly the brother of this husband. He picks up the little girl and puts her on his shoulders and then scoops up the little boy. And they, uh, with the husband leaning on his wife, they start off through the, or down the trail. Okay. And I'll, I'll tell them, hurry as fast as you can. They will likely be coming after that mage managed to get away. All right, so they set off, and then he says the presuming family. So where you are now, um, you know the way he describes it, it would be north, or I mean, let me look at my. It would be east. Sorry, east of, uh, well, close to where that washout was, where that glow was coming from, east from there. Okay. Um. So I'll head at kind of a slight angle in that direction through the forest, keeping an ear out for any, I kind of want to stay in the forest, but kind of follow the trail just in case they have any goblins that are coming down to try and retake these people. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, be ready if I hear or see them to spring a trap on them. Okay. So in the woods, but close enough to the trail that you'll be able to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so, you know, it's raining fiercely. The wind starts picking up even more. It's uh, blowing like crazy. Everything's wet and muddy, but that means nothing to you as you deftly move through the thick uh, forest, um, keeping the trail close enough that you can detect any movement on it. You start speeding through the the forest. Um, you, you, you sort of pick up a tempo of of movement where you're you know moving just at the just inside the limits of the speed at which you can maintain your balance as you you know jump over fallen branches and leap from fallen trees onto other fallen trees and you're speeding through the forest and all of your sounds are masked by the wind and the rain and as you move along, you don't hear or see or detect any movement on that trail. And okay. then before you know it, you see that glow up ahead again. Okay. And uh, um, as you get closer to it, you do start to notice like that effect where there's a, a light and then things move in front of it and it casts a shadow through the trees. You see that. So there's obviously movement down there and then do a fortitude save. Okay. Uh, In the tower? Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, you reach the point where you see that glow in those shadows, and then you come to a stop atop a a fallen tree, Um, just an absolutely enormous tree that's fallen over at some point in the past. And so you're atop it and looking in that direction, and then you're just suddenly racked by the most extreme pain that you've felt all day. <clears throat> and in a while um, okay. brings you to your knees 
you know, you, you grit your teeth to keep from crying out and you don't understand what the pain's coming from. Doesn't feel like a magical attack. Um, you know, but you're getting that effect where suddenly you're not hearing the normal sounds because you're just focused so hard on this pain and you're clenching your jaw and that begins to hurt. And, uh, you know, once that passes, you, you don't understand, you don't, you can't be sure how much time really passed. It felt like forever, but once it's over, you think, you know, it was probably only a few seconds, but then uh, roll 2d8 for me. No, you, and then roll another one, 3d8 for you. Oh. oh. All right. So you stand back up after that pain finally subsides and realize that all of your, your body is elongated. You're much taller than you were before. <laughs> Just his face. <laughs> Arms are longer. Yeah. I'm reading Alice in Wonderland with my nieces, and there's the part where she eats the mushroom, but only her neck stretches. Mm. And it stretches like 30 feet high. <laughs> so that, that's what's happening. She becomes right now. an Elvon. <laughs> well, no, her arms doesn't don't stretch as well. It's, oh, okay. It so was just her neck. Only half Elvon. Yeah. Uh. Um, okay. And then so as you stand back up, you've now you're now six feet, six inches tall. Well, that's annoying. <laughs> and you weigh 170 pounds. Oh, and I forgot, Graham. Also, your hair was longer. Oh, like, okay. I don't know how you like to keep it, but now it's like down midway down your back length. Oh, okay. And it's jet black. I basically became uh, Rapunzel because my hair is already long. <laughs> <laughs> And Rohan, uh, the same has happened to you. Your hair has grown, but now yours is like a odd um, bluish gray color. Give me a week in the woods and it'll be brown again. Yeah. So there you stand atop this tree, taller than you used to be, <laughs> looking towards this glow, uh, which has, you know, shadows casting through the trees uh, from movement. And uh, you can hear... Voices shouting, um, and a loud, you can hear loud thumping and clanking down there as well. Okay. Um, I'll try and stay in the forest, but kind of skirt around the outskirts of this camp. Okay. Uh, sneaking, of course. Yeah. Roll a stealth roll for me. Okay. So, uh, for still getting used to favorite terrain, I'm trying to plus two. Okay. Uh, and did you want that in the tower? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. That plus 29 is borderline Graham stuff. <laughs> I think that's better than anything I got. 29? Yeah, but I don't roll as high as you do, so. Oh. <laughs> so you get lower than a four? <laughs> What's Probably. your number a three or a two? Yeah. Two, two and three seem to be my most common numbers. All right. So you're able to um, sneak through the woods up to the um, closer to that glow, and you realize that um, it's an encampment that's set up in in a small clearing. So you're you know in the underbrush, camouflaged, um, looking down, looking into this clearing, and so um, you can see what's happening here is a a camp is mostly set up. And they're they're finishing setting up this camp 
Um, so they've got a perimeter. You can see sentries, which, you know, goblins and humans, um, uh, at this point, they're in the clearing steel. Um, they haven't pushed their sentries out into the tree line yet as they're getting set up. But you've got tents um, and you've got, uh, there's a section where you see, um, well, from where you are, you can see four of those large constructs that had initially, you know, the ones with the lasers. Mm-hmm. You can see four of those and they're all, they're standing in a line, you know, um, but they're not moving. Okay. And uh, you can see goblins and humans uh, rushing about, getting things set up. They're setting up, um, they're setting up tents, and um, you know, setting up. Uh, they've got an area set up for their equipment. So from where you are, you can count, you know, f- at least fifty uh, goblins and humans. Okay. And then do a perception. Perception. Okay. All right. So um, as you're watching this take place, there's um, what you notice that the glow's coming from is that they've set up posts in the ground that look to you like uh, hastily um, stripped small trees that have just been put into the ground. And atop them, they've got these um, essentially lanterns. They just don't they don't look like any lanterns you've seen, just like a basic um, like some sort of wood structure with a glass ball in it but it sheds light in in all directions um steady light not flickering like you'd see from a lantern or a torch and um they're set they've set these up around the perimeter and in the you know inner part of this camp um there's a big fire being um put together there's a fire burning sort of in the center and you can see uh one of the tents close to it is much nicer and larger then the rest of them, and then cl- close to that tent, you spot that human mage you had been fighting recently. You don't okay. see his ranger friend, but he is standing um, like at, at attention, you know, and speaking to another man. And this man has, um, let me get it. Um, yeah, so this is a tall man dressed in a sharp uniform he also has a red coat like all the others besides the mage and the rangers he's got a you know like a a very well-made sword at his belt and a tricorner hat with a feather in it um and some insignia on his collar that that you take to be rank he's definitely in charge here and you can see he's speaking with that mage um, from here, you can't hear what they're saying, but you do see um, an area that you could get to where you should be able to hear them. But it would be risky unless you continue to roll 46 on your <laughs> still. <laughs> um, no, I'm going to uh, let that continue but and continue skirting around the out, outskirts of the the camp. Yeah. So the area that you see where you should be able to hear them is on the outskirts still. It's just pretty close to those, um, those constructs. It's closer to those constructs than you are now. Okay. Um, they don't, those things are just standing stock still. They're not moving at all. 
so it, it's still raining, right? Yes. Pretty heavily? Yes. So do I think I could get away with casting a spell, at least, you know, somatically, without alerting attention? Yeah. Um, you know, the the noise from the wind and the rain is enough that, that you do think you probably could. But also, if you wanted to do a, um, what is the skill? Is it still survival? Then I would say that if you got good enough on your survival, you could time it with a lightning with a thunder if okay. you want it as well. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to try casting invisibility on myself. Okay. So, uh, survival. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, you can time it, you know, somehow with your unnatural knowledge of nature, you can time, uh, to cast it when there's thunder. And then, so go ahead. Invisibility. Okay. That's, it's got like four different casting options in there. Yeah, it's okay. You just all, all know that you're invisible. Okay. Um, all right. So you cast that. Yeah. Okay. And then I'll I'll try and sneak my way up. All right. Um, so another stealth. Yeah. You. I mean, I guess might as well just. Uh, what is it plus twenty when moving? Plus forty when standing still? I believe. Because <laughs> of invisibility. Oh yeah. Um, okay. I was thinking more for like the sound. Mm. aspect of it yeah all right so you start skirting your way around there and then um nobody reacts to you as you move um but finally you come to stop at a position about 20 feet away from those constructs but Mm -hmm. but like behind them like they're facing away from you now and here you can you can hear the um well do perception yeah now you can pretty clearly hear the conversation taking place there. Um, so, you, so your, your assessment was correct. This other man is clearly in charge and he's giving orders and you can hear this human that you had been fighting the mage, um, given a report of what just took place. Um, and he says there was at least a half a dozen of these elves, uh, attacked him. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least a half a dozen and that there, you know, the, then, inherent evil of their race kept them shielded from you know in any way he had to surrender or um, retreat it was his only option um and then uh another person comes up another um this one looks like those rangers um but it's not the same one and he's he comes up to give a report and he says that um that the forest is haunted or something because crazy things are taking place. And so that leader is like, just calm down and tell me what he says that, um, we lost, um, one of the enforcers. And, um, so that leader says why or what happened? And he says, I don't know because I didn't see it, but the men report that a bright white horse with a horn on its head charged out of the darkness and uh broke it in half (laughs) and then left now i searched their belongings they didn't they're not hiding any spirits um and i threatened them all but they stick to their story and that's not the only odd thing uh some of the men are reporting that uh trees just appear where they shouldn't be and some of them said even after they've cut down trees when they turn around uh, there's a tree there again 
And uh, it's spooking a lot of the men. I haven't seen this phenomenon myself. And so the leader, he just listens to that and he keeps a passive face um, as he thinks about it. But then he then he says, um, he asks a question, which is mostly drowned out. All you hear, um, Rohan, is the words report and uh, stasis. And so you're not sure what it is he asks, but the answer he gets is that um, the that the stasis box it, boxes aren't the issue. The issue is uh, soul energy. And so that leader, you finally see some emotion as he, he curses. Um, and he says, well, we'll need to gather as many as we can. Um, it would have been nice if you had been able to bring those, he says to the, the mage. And then the, uh, the other guy says, well, there is a farm east of here, we've been told. And so the leader says, very well, dispatch a team. Um, just don't send too many. And so then that, le- that human rushes off and starts shouting orders and uh, gathering some people, okay. some goblins with him. So, so when he starts setting out towards, and actually right towards your direction, um, he's got uh, five goblins and he stops uh, pretty close to those constructs. You can clearly see and hear them here. And he tells the goblins, there's a farm to the east. He gives them in instructions. And he says, now remember, you can't kill them. We need them. So just capture them and bring them back. And don't mess this up. Um, and then, you know, the goblins give a salute. And they start trotting in your direction towards the tree line. Just the goblins? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he goes back to talk to the, the leader again. All right. I'll follow the the direction the goblins are going. Right. See if there's a, a path that I can get ahead of them on. All right. So as as they start trotting your direction and he goes back to that leader and he starts talking, you hear a few more things. You hear him say, um, you hear him ask, have we had any word from the um, indomitable? And the response to that is no. And um, you hear you hear him say, have we had any word from the and then you don't recognize the word but the answer he gets there is that it run aground underneath the surface uh but the word is that they're they're gathering their own um their own prisoners for fuel and then once they get enough energy they should be able to surface and they're already sending out um sorties to the village to the the elves main village there and then the last thing you hear as the goblins reach the tree line is um, a conversation where that, that mage you'd been fighting says um, that, uh, that, that these elves own the sky. And he's talking about the rocks. He says, I've never seen anything like that. But it, our ships, except for the indomitable, would stand no chance against them at all. And then the leader just uh, nods and says, well, if we get enough soul energy, then we can bring out the steel wings. And that's the last of that conversation that you hear. Okay. You know, the goblins have gotten pretty close to the tree line. They're trotting along sharply in, in good form and good order. Um, very disciplined. But Okay. Uh, do they seem to be heading towards a specific uh, game trail or path or anything? Or, well, or from, where, just- from where you are... You can't see any trail. 
it looks to you like they intend to just tromp through the um, forest, which is, um, you know, if you want to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, they must know of some trail because it's not even realistic okay. to try to cut through the forest over in this area because it's just too thick. But they don't move as if they don't know where they're going, if that, if that makes sense. Okay. So, yeah, I'll, I'll shadow them in the forest. Okay. Casimir, you know, you're still in this alcove, and you've got this staff you pulled out of the chest there, and that book, and I know you've grown a great deal, but um, you wanted to, like, rest up and, you know, re-prepare spells? Yeah, I've been doing that when we went on break here, so I'm so, all ready to go. Yeah, so we'll say you're woken up, and um, you're ready to go. All right. Um, can I... Uh, I don't know, like maybe, what do you think would be like a knowledge arcana? Do I think teleporting would be a bad idea? Not outside of this area, just within it. Like from, say, like back to this alcove if I get in trouble. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. All right. um... There you go. Okay. Because I figure it's not a pocket dimension or otherwise I'd already been junted out into Mm -hmm. somewhere in the astral space. Plane, uh, yeah, you um, you figure that should be safe, okay? So, I'm going to keep an ear out, but it's time to get back onto our adventure, and I'm going to leave this alcove or poke my head out first, okay? I uh, guess I can give a listen. Uh, there you go, all right, okay? So, you uh you walk up to that false wall, that illusory wall, and um, stick your head through and listen. And um, at the moment, or right as you stick your head through, you start hearing a loud banging sound coming from your left. Um, it's like a really loud uh, strike against wood is what it sounds like to you. Hmm. Also, um, this hallway now is littered with dead bodies. <laughs> So there's um, five goblins that you can see laying in the hallway dead right outside this room. Does the sound seem to be retreating or getting closer? No, it's not moving. Okay. To To my left. Dang. That's the way I need to go. Yeah. So you'd have um, yeah, five dead bodies very close to you. Um, Dead goblins. Here, let me get a... Is there any of the goblins that look like they have uh, rank? Mm Mm-hmm. I'll search him real quick for hopefully some sort of like uh, orders or or something. Okay, you see those? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so they're all dead. Um, and this one right here is the one you'd search, and um, he doesn't. He doesn't have anything like that. Okay. Um, he doesn't have any any orders or anything. Uh, one thing you do notice is um, these these five, or these dead goblins at least, they don't have marks on them to explain how they died. Mm. Like there's no blood, there's no wounds, and every, you know, all of them have a look of just absolute terror on their face. Could, let me see if... Uh... What knowledge Arcana actually entails these days? Because I think they changed up some of the creatures that it. Governs. And then uh, one other thing you notice is that their weapons, their their you know muskets are gone now. 
Mm. Um, there's just a pile of ash next <laughs> next to each body. All right, so nothing really interesting on any of the goblins then, right? So no, just you know they've got the pouch of bullets and um, let's see, muskets, bullets. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Just a normal, you know, little little knife and you know some rations and stuff like that. All right, then I guess I'll head off. What was it down this way where the sounds coming from? Right. Right. So. Um, where that sound's coming from, you look in that direction, and then you see, um, you can see what's making that noise All right. when you step out of that room, so I'll put it on there for you. So you've got um, goblins banging on a door down there, trying to force it open. So let me put that on there for you. So you've got a very large door that... Um, there's four goblins in front of it, banging on it, um, you know, kicking at it, trying to force it open. And then there's a goblin behind them with a little bit nicer uniform and equipment, shouting orders at them, telling them to hurry up and get it open. All right. Do they look like they're running from something or is this like them just trying to yeah. get through it? No, they don't. They don't look like they're scared of anything. They're just trying to force it open. How close does it look like they're getting? Uh. Is it like an engineer check? Well, from where you are, can't tell. You just—it doesn't seem like they're doing. They're having much of an effect. It's All right. A very big door, and uh, you know, so they're right now. What that leader seems to be trying to work on, work, uh, trying to work on, is getting them to, um, you know, put in their effort at the same time. Because <laughs> right now, each one's just kicking it or shouldering it, and it's not having an effect. All right, so I will uh, cast invisibility on myself. I'll use one of my, uh, whatever it's called, like meta magic that comes from being a universal uh, okay. wizard that allows me to apply it. Mm-hmm. All right, so it will be silent, and I'll cast invisible on myself. Okay. And that will last 10 minutes, and I'll do it as a swift, so that way that, uh, whatchamacallit, didn't come up. Um. Then I will also, uh, I guess, next round as a swift action. Stop our door. Well, roll initiative real quick so I can All right. get in the right order there. There you go. Okay. All right. All right. So you've cast Invisible on yourself. And then what? I was going to, uh, on my next round, cast uh, Knock. See if I could unbar that door for him or open it. Oh, okay. All right, so they keep hammering at it. Um, they don't seem to notice you. All right. Um, so then it'll be your turn. All right, so I believe I should be fine with invisible. It's like uh, attacking, I think, is the only thing that drops it. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, I think even summoning a spell, like a summon spell is fine. Um, so here goes knock on the door. And let's see what exactly it would do here. Open stuck, barred, or locked doors, as well as those uh, subject to hold portal or arcane lock. When you complete the casting, uh, make a caster level check against the DC of the lock uh, with a plus 10 bonus. If successful, the knock opens up to two means of closure. Okay. All right, so caster level plus 10. Uh, That's a concentration check. Oh, come on. Not that one. So it would be a caster level plus 20, or 
1d20 plus 20. All right, so there's my caster level check. Okay. All right, yeah, so you cast this spell, and um, <clears throat> and then that door, you know, you can hear the sound. It's a, a loud sound of the lock um, disengaging. And that wasn't silent, so uh, chance for them to hear, I guess. Okay, might as well. Okay. No, they don't hear you. All right. It doesn't seem like anyway. So that door opens then, and... Um, they move inside. Now, the, the, not the leader, he's still there, but the f- four goblins, they move in and clearly they move downstairs because you lose sight of them. Okay. Um, and then, um, then the leader moves down with them and it's your turn. They seem to be knowing where they're not like no knowing where they're going, but moving with purpose and all that stuff. Well, uh, they're moving pretty, um, Cautiously. Cautiously. Got their weapons up and they're moving down. All right. I'll uh, double move uh, to about there. And um, hmm. what is moving normal speed penalty on stealth, Travis? Off the top of your head. I think it's minus 10 if you want to move full speed. All right. So... Verify that for you real quick. All right. Thank you. I really wish I had invested some in stealth. Minus five penalty. All right. So because I'm invisible, I get a plus 15 to stealth. Now I'm going to move normal speed. Okay. But I'm going to do it stealthily. So there that goes. Uh, if you want, I can reroll that in the tower. So that's with your plus 15? Uh, yeah. All right, so let me roll theirs. Popeye's cooking. <laughs> All right, so it doesn't seem to you like they notice you and they continue moving in. Um, you do hear someone, one of them, give a shout of, like, excitement, like, happiness. Okay. <laughs> Never be the first one to run in, goblin. No. That's when you get caught in them dang Temple of Doom traps. <laughs> And that'll bring us back to you. All right. I'll move into the room. Okay, let's see. Casimir will be also thinking about how uh, Graham ain't so special. Graham and Rohan. <laughs> Anyone can do this stealth stuff. Yeah, they don't. They definitely don't seem to notice you. So you go into this room, and it's got a, a, like a dais with, you know, a stepped up dais and there's a chest on the center of it. Mm. And then there's also chests in the, um, in each section of this room as well against the walls. I think I might stop short. <laughs> Let's see. Five, 10, 15. <laughs> so from your angle, anyway, you can see that a chest up on the dais and then, um, there's one past it. And then one on the left of this room. That's what you can see from here. All right, I'll uh, I'll ready uh, my trident and wait and see what they're going to be doing here. I'm pretty sure that chest is going to explode. I'll take a step back. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can go to there. All right. So that's you. 
Um, so then, you know, they're all lined up here next to each other, shoulder to shoulder, looking at this uh, chest. And, uh, you know, none of them makes the move to go open it. They look at their leader and he, you can hear him say, uh, out of the way. <laughs> he should have taken a step back too and told him to go for it. I'll open it. So he walks up to it and, uh, it doesn't appear to be locked. So he opens it and you can see him reach his hand inside. Um, and then he pulls out and holds up what looks to you like a cut gem. Mm. Um, you know, about the size of, well, your new fist. Oh, okay. Um, it's cut into a intricate shape. Um, and it looks like it could be, um, what's the word? Let's see. What is it? A jade. So he's holding it up and he says, um, this looks like, this looks like what they told us to get. Right. And his, uh, his underlings are like, yeah, a couple of them shrug. You can see now they're looking around at the other chests. But um, that's what he does. And it's your turn. All right. Uh, let us... Oh, I don't think I prepared it. No. All right. Um, I'll cast haste on myself. Do a will save. All right. Mm, there you go. All right, so when you see that gem, like you, you can sort of feel your your eyes roll back in your head, and uh, you sort of lose sense of your your own weight, and then you get this um, that same feeling from when the book was opened earlier. Um, now you're getting the the account through the eyes of the person who wrote it. Um, he's got a gem just like this, exactly like this. And he's doing a extremely complex process of um, grinding it down to the finest powder that he possibly can. And he's got a, a cauldron nearby that's bubbling. Um, you get uh, not the sense of what other ingredients are in there, but that there are a lot of other ingredients in there. And he feels some excitement because this is one of the final pieces as he starts pouring the dust into that cauldron. And, um, but so you get that, that happens, but it's like, you know, all of that in a split second. So you don't lose your, your focus or your footing or anything, but, but it is very vivid. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I now want this gym <laughs> is what I figure on that too. Like anything, this magically powerful, can't go to the hands of them and who better to have it than me right um so i will silently uh cast haste on myself okay uh and i will apply awesome and uh that will be well i guess i can move up i'll move half speed here it's <laughs> weird hmm. well i can see where it says Affect taste, but it didn't apply it onto your. It's okay. I'll put it on there. Oh, like on the character sheet itself? Yeah. I thought it doesn't. It doesn't the attacks, I believe. No, I mean on your in the combat tracker. Oh, okay. Because I know that was throwing me off for a while when we first started doing the effects, where it wasn't showing up in my actual sheet. Yeah. And your how long does that last? Uh, was it one round of levels? Yeah. So ten. Ten. Okay. 
All right. So you cast that and you're doing it silently, like mm-hmm. silent spell. Yeah, that's like the last the one I can magic? do a day. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, you feel that um, magic wash over you and you start twitching, getting ready to move fast. Um, and then you move up 20 feet. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's my turn. Okay. So then, um, you know, you can see that that goblin um, put that gem into his pouch and then these other ones sort of split up to go check out these other ones. <laughs> um, one of them moves up next to the leader and you can hear him talking about that and says, well, how much do you think it's worth? It's not for selling. Um, but that's what they do. They split up and go to these chests and, um, you know, that, that leader is just standing there watching them says, hurry up. We've got to be on the move. Um, they only, they only sent us for this one thing. So we can keep whatever's in these other ones and then it'll be your turn. All right. Uh, I'll, uh, move up and, uh, tech. Hmm. Maybe we could just hang back and fireball him. Nah, we'll move up and I'll attack the uh, the leader. Might as well wake everything up here. Uh, target the leader. I always like how uh, Casimir's supposed to be smart, but at the end of the day, he's just a meathead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will power attack. Wait, never lose any... Uh... Debates when you go to an actual wizard score. Was it Plato that was supposed to be big and burly wrestler? Yeah, he would win debates sometimes by just standing up and flexing. <laughs> no joke. Yeah. Oh, dang. That's awesome. <laughs> but, you know, there is, you know, there's some uh, merit to that. Well, yeah, I mean, he like, said size it. matters, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes you win an argument but lose because you won <laughs> you gotta be smart about it tactics it's like, it's like those nerd kids at school who were super smart because they read a lot and then they just got a little too mouthy and you had to remind them <laughs> you know all right um was it uh, your, your trivia is not gonna stop this punch buddy <laughs> what is the the, well, the invisibility factor and the bonuses I get for someone who can't see me, or do I, oh, I got to add that myself? Um, yeah, you'll have to add it. All right. Um, uh, what am I looking for? I'm looking All for right, spells. so you get a plus two bonus on attack rolls and ignore their bonus to AC, which is fine, or their dexterity bonus, which is fine because they're flat-footed anyway. So. All right, so here plus we go. Plus two. Ooh, I might re-roll that. Well, it's a hit. Okay, I'll take um, it. Here, uh, with the leader? Yeah. Okay, let me put it Oh, I, I think I am targeting him. Okay. <laughs> no, you're not. That's all right, I'll drag your... There you are now. So anyway, that's a hit. Okay. Uh, am I still under the effects of power attack? Uh, yeah, it's still on your sheet. Okay. Yeah, okay. So did that come out right? I think so. Looks about right. Okay. So what do you want to do? Uh, just walk up and poke him. Yeah, so you, you walk up behind him and stab him really good um, with your trident. And, uh, you know, he screams in surprise and pain. I mean, he's not dead, but mm-hmm. he does scream out. And your invisibility, this was just regular invisibility. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's so that fades away. And then um, anything else? Uh, that's it. Yeah, so these other ones, they give a scream and they start reacting to it. Um, this one, you know, basically they'll level their muskets and start firing. Um, I don't know why that isn't working. Yeah, so the sound is deafening in this enclosed space, but, um, you know, he levels his musket, pops off a shot at you, and does... I don't know why it keeps doing that. Um, not 29 damage. <laughs> It does nine damage. So we'll take 20 off of here. I like the idea that they're just carrying around like uh, the small cannons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. There's a. Okay. So that's his move. <clears throat> and this one, basically, they'll all do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We have a critical threat here. Oh, no. Critical hit. Yeah. So this shot comes smack, you know, hits you right in the forehead. <laughs> um can feel it sticking in your skull that or it rang off my uh helmet yeah. <laughs> put a dent in it okay. oh no Graham will never let me live it down <laughs> try this guy Ugh. 11 damage from that one and then this last one see what he does here so he gets automatic now this one is number four one gets an automatic miss and actually will do with him is we'll see if his musket explodes or if he accidentally hits his commander here. Nah. So his musket explodes in his hands, sends shrapnel into his face and does some damage to him. <laughs> so shrapnel basically cuts his like goes into his throat. Oh. And he drops to the floor gurgling. And um this leader turns and then, so what he'll do um, is he'll, you know, try to stab at you with his bayonet because you're too close. Um, so he'll thrust that forward, um, but any, and he does manage to hit you with it, um, but does two damage. Okay. And that'll uh, bring us to your turn now. <clears throat> All right. Um, there is whirlwind. I'll, uh, oh, it should be on my weapon, right? Yeah. I will whirlwind. Those two, if I can find it real quick here. There's Trident. Knockback Whirlwind three times per day. Full attack bonus against each opponent. All right, so first the uh, leader. Am I still under effects of power attack? Yeah, yeah it's still on there. Awesome. Um, so there's against him. Mm. It's a hit. Okay. Uh, do you want me to just go in order, or do you want me to roll attack both, or how you want me to do it? Yeah, just go in order. All right. So. Okay. And then. Yeah, my targeting. Yeah, it says I'm Goblin Fighter. Yeah, so that basically slices that one's head off. <laughs> and then him. Mm. And that's a hit. All right. Yeah, so he stabbed that into his chest and, um, you know, basically cut him in half. So that's going to, so you had that on the leader, but you're doing number three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's showing me targeting him. Like it's going to him. It's just not switching it, I guess. Yeah. That, you know, you basically cut him in half with a stab. <laughs> so it does slash him too. Yeah, I know. I'm just like oh, stabbing just... <laughs> the fork and it's enough damage to. Make him hinge. Um, all right. Yeah. So that's you. And then um, 
All five foot, and that'll be the end of my turn. Okay. This guy screams and takes off running, and he makes it up here. And this guy will continue. His, he'll shoot at you again. It's 11 damage to you, and he moves this way, skirting around the edge of the room. And now your turn. All right. Uh, I'll move up to him, and I'll attack him. All right, so you... Um, I'll hero point that. Which one is that you're doing? Oh, um, number two. two. That's a hit. Oh, it was? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I mean, you basically impale him. I don't think I have spring attack yet, or do I? You know, and see, he, he dies right away and crumples to the ground. One thing you do notice from all these dead ones is that their muskets, as soon as they die they just sort of disintegrate into ash okay that explains that then mm -hmm. all right so uh that's my turn okay this other one now gives out a shriek and runs full speed away and then back to you all right um i'm gonna figure he's gone uh guess i'll find out when i get to there yeah, yeah so yeah. with the steps and everything you can't see him anymore um so but I'll, you can sort of still hear him clanking off down the distance. I'm not too worried. I'll uh, retrieve the jewel from the uh, boss goblin. Okay. And I'll put that in your inventory here. Do I have food? I, I know I'm not potentially needing to eat, but I forget if I brought any. And we always give Graham crap about that. <laughs> I think I did get food. So that's... Um... But in your inventory it. now. All right, thank you. But I'm not seeing it, so that means I didn't get it. Yeah, I'm giving Graham crap. <laughs> you didn't get that gem, or no? I got the uh, gem. Okay. I was looking to see if I had food because I might take some of their rations because I think they're eating human style, probably. Do you guys, do you guys did split your stuff up when you knew you were going to go different ways? Yeah, I swear I remember getting some, but it's not uh, listed. Well, At we, least can, I can, see, we so. can put some in there. Uh, I swear I remember getting like two weeks is what I went with. Yeah. But, um, all right, so I got the gym. Uh, I guess I'm going to try to quickly go around to the other chests, keep an ear out uh, for any goblins, and pray that I don't get exploded. Uh, sorry, say that again? Uh, I'm going to go to the other chests, keep an ear out. I guess I can detect magic on myself and uh, maybe see if there's a... Uh, like, uh, whatchamacallit, on the, uh, like uh, any sort of like magical auras on the, the chest before I open it. Okay. Type thing is what I'm going to hope will, uh, work. So there that is. And tech magic on me. And then I'll just go, uh, clockwise around this room. So I'll first check and see if there's anything left in that center chest. And then I'll go over to that one. All right. Yeah. That center one is empty. Okay. You're going to move on over to this one. Mm -hmm. And uh, you detect magic, but not from the chest itself. All right. From inside of it. Yeah. Well, actually, I did have uh, open, close. You can open or close your choice. A door, chest, or box, window, pouch, bottle. Uh, I think it can't be locked. And it can't weigh more than 30 pounds. Okay. And what's its range? 25 feet? Mm -hmm. So I'll stay in back where I was and uh swift uh action to negate my my uh fail chance mm -hmm. and do that 
And so you're going to open that chest from here with a, in case it's trapped? Uh, is that what you're doing? Yeah. What is it? What did I say it was? 25 feet mm -hmm. per level or something? What's it called? Open? Yeah, open slash close. So range is 60 feet. Yeah, you got it. Uh, I was like, no, that's detect magic. So I'm bit open close. Yeah, 25 feet plus 5 feet for every two levels. So right. 30. Okay. All right. So yeah, you pop that one open and, you know, nothing happened. All right. Then we'll move over to here and pop the one to the south. Okay. Same thing. All right. And then we'll move over here and pop the one to the west. Okay, same thing. All right, uh, then I'll go around and see what's in any of them. All right. All right, so... Do you let's... want a perception check to keep an ear out for that, uh, any goblins or returning goblins? Oh, no, I'll, I'll call for it if okay. I need it. Um, let's see, so one of them you find a ring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the one to the right you find a ring. Let me... Ability, skill, spellcraft. All right, so I'll put it unidentified. For now, I'll put it in your inventory unidentified. All right. And then the one to the south. Um, in that one, you find... Let me see if that's in there. No. No, oh, there we go. Um... <clears throat> A pair of gloves. Put that into your inventory. And then the one to the left, you find a, um, looks like a headband. Okay. In there. Gamified uh, wizard dungeon crawl means I get to go back to the alcove and identify everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that. Uh, it yeah that's all you find in there um let me put that in your inventory here all right so i'm still not hearing anything no say it's 15 seconds for me or is it is it 10 seconds so 30 seconds uh 10 seconds around six seconds around. six seconds so 18 seconds for me to identify an item it's because it's three rounds okay so i might quickly do that Okay. Yeah, so those are in your inventory now. <clears throat> and then we can identify them. But first, let's go over to Graham. All right. Pretty close to finishing up here. So, Graham, you um, are continuing on your quest here. And so you've moved into that vent. Yes. And same situation. There's, a, you know, one straight ahead leads into a room where you can continue on down. And then looking into that next room... Um, it is empty. Yeah, so I think there's one more cell beyond with that vent. Assuming I see another one. Yes. So I'll just hustle through there. Although my suspicion is I will not find my sister in one of these cells, but we'll take a look. Yeah, so here um, there's another one that leads into the next room. And as you peek your head in there, you see that one's empty as well. Okay. But I'll continue on the duct highway to the storage room and hope it comes out uh, into those chambers beyond yeah, like so the now, other one did. Now you find yourself in another storeroom. This doesn't have chests. This just has random bits of um, oddly shaped items, um, large coils of wire, and then some barrels and stuff. 
Okay. What you see in here, but no people. And is there still a vent on that north wall? Yeah. Yeah, I'll pop in there and see what we can see. Yeah, and that's where it branches to the right. And then you're looking down into uh, the same thing you saw on the other side, actually. Um, you know, a large apparatus that takes up the bulk of this room and the, uh, like a workstation with a couple of people working at it. Um, that's not there. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, a couple of people down there and, uh, that's what you can see from your vantage point. I got a hot mom, by the way, guys. Nah. She's gone now, but I forgot to mention it. (laughs) <laughs> so which one of it's Fenrith it's Fenrith he's stiff. it's gotta be Fenrith yeah, he, yeah. he's the one that's gonna get her <laughs> have you heard tell of Coraline Lorathian <laughs> stay a while and listen alright uh, stay a while and sorry so we, there, were, there were people working in this one too or yeah yeah let me get them <laughs> hmm do I see a way of getting down out of this vent without alerting them or am I? Would I be in their field vision? Well, yeah, that's is the only way you can see. Um, well, I was considering coming back and braving the automatons again at the end of the hall, but if I can sneak down there, I can just with my disguise act like. Yeah, that was always here. Right. So, I mean, right now their attention is on other things. Like they're not looking at you. Um, but this is the only way you can see to get down there. Yeah, I'll try to get down there. And so you can see from your vantage point that this large apparatus here, um, you know, perhaps you could slip on over or under that. So what this is, is this giant thing um, that's got a shaft that's spinning. But anyway, if you want to sneak down there, you can roll your stealth. do to keep them from hearing you. 31. So we'll say you climb down here, no problem. So far, they don't seem to notice you. All right, so you got island brain. What do you make of this? I suppose we might have, like, mills and stuff, so a shaft propelled by the water wheel or a windmill would still be... hmm. It might be interesting to mess this up a little bit. Yeah, you got island brain, but you also got potentially like other memories. And right. You know what, you, you know, your, whatchamacallit, like uh, your disabled device could probably be used or engineering. Yeah, it doesn't seem important now, but I'll make a note of it. And there's uh, some symmetry to it where the this room repeats itself on the other side. So, yeah. Sort of dual engine now, thing going on. From where you are looking at this apparatus, you see that there is more room on the other side of it to the north. You can just tell, looking through the spaces and the cracks, that there's more room over there, not what's over there. Yeah, it's not meant to for people to pass through. Right. Yeah, so this is where I have to act like I belong uh, when I sneak down and out. Once I get to where I'm about behind them, I'll just start walking casually out of this room. Gotta find my sister. Okay. So right now they've still got, now as you move over to here, you can see on the other side of that table, there is a massive crystal, same shape and color as these smaller ones that were in those rooms you rescued people from, only they're, they're glowing brightly. And, um, this technician here, 
at the workstation. That seems to be what most of his focus is on, that and his colors. and. So the elf essence powers the crystal, which boils the water to... Mm. Generate the, the steam. <laughs> right. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, you know, yeah. They, they could just have coal. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you get to Empire level, you're not really uh, uh, looking at those sorts of things. Coal need, doesn't exist in this world. You need something awful. I mean, like, worst comes to worst, you could actually just have, like, a continual stream of water to turn a wheel. Yeah. And then dump all the water outside or something. <laughs> Yeah, so at that point, I'm just walking casually, whether they notice me or not. I imagine I'm pretty soft-footed. Uh, yeah, and well, there's good noise in this room yeah. anyway. So so I'll just walk out into that area between these two uh, engine rooms. You're also very tall now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. freak them out. Probably be a horror show if they turn around and say <laughs> 150 pounds, 6'4". Go ahead and move, your, move your character where you want to go. I got to get some stilts for this guy to make it even crazier. Uh, <laughs> looking like you came out of the Beautiful People music right. video. <laughs> All right. So here you can see the other side of that room. And the people that you had seen there earlier are obstructed from your view by that workstation. But you can see the symmetry here. There's a crystal here, too. And then the rest of that apparatus to the right of it. And then what you're looking at straight north is... There's some sort of tubing or piping that connects the two that is in a, you know, a trench in the floor. And there's a walkway, a graded walkway over the top of it. So um, that's what you're looking at. And then there's this circular platform here. You're not sure what that is or what it does. A video game. I just go stand on it. Hmm. Well, I think this casting about's not really going to do. So try, I think it might be time for another long shot ruse here so I what i want to do is uh go back in one of these rooms and ask these guys they're like hey where'd they take the girl basically right okay i'm supposed to go there but okay yeah let's try that i guess we'll go back in that room i passed through all right so you um still are disguised yeah and what is the check against that you want to bluff i guess so you've got disguise Oh, right. We, uh, 18 was the DC. They want to use spot hidden, I believe. <laughs> Perception, Perception against yeah. it. There should be some rogue thing that lets you use like one of your skills to just off, like disable device to just off someone. <laughs> right. Just power them down, like disable their like soul. <laughs> All right. So you go up to this guy. And his attention's focused on that crystal, and you tap him on the shoulder and say... Yeah, be like, hey, where's the girl? I'm supposed to go there, but she's not in the cell. Uh, so he turns and looks at you, and you can see his eyes widen as he looks up, because you're much taller than him, and he's like... Um, uh, but then, like, there's a, a sound from his station, so he looks at it with annoyance, and he's like, in, in the supervisor's room. And he points on the other side of that apparatus. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks. Should have said she-elf, too. <laughs> right. Uh. And I'll leave, and I'll make my way to the other side of the apparatus. I gave up too soon. I was like, this is useless. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Yeah, they probably don't let you on a submersible if you're six four. Yeah. Or seven feet. <laughs> They're just like, no. Can't ride a horse. Can't be in a submersible. Can't fly a plane. No, I know that um, <laughs> that uh, that basketball player. He was seven feet tall, and he he worked on a submarine in the Navy. Hmm. Can't yeah. remember his name anymore. I'm sure they do. Plus, there's that one. All right, so you move over in this direction, and as you get about here, you can see there's a door over here. Okay. And so you, you can get up to that door. I mean, I'll see if I can hear anything, but I doubt it because there's a bunch of racket in here. So I'll give up after a second or two and... Yeah, do a perception. I want that in the tower. I guess we always do those in the tower, huh? All right, so you can put your ear up to the door, and you do hear the sound of um, of your sister um, shouting defiantly. Okay, that'll spur me forward. I'll make it into the room. Try not to draw attention to myself, but uh, I'll have my spanner ready, and uh, in we go. I've already changed the deal, she-elf. <laughs> do not make me change it again. All right, so this you push this door open, and uh, you can see this human... Um, looming over your sister and uh, you know he's dressed in a little bit different uniform it looks cleaner and you know not the sort of thing like meant for working like the other ones have mm -hmm. but um, you can see he's got his hand raised as if to strike your sister cheeks all puffy and she's crying but she looks defiant which you recognize from all the times when she was defiant at home um, even though it's not smart to be so <sighs> Um, you think Graham's sneak attack is bad. You should see what <laughs> happens when you anger the mother. <laughs> so, uh, we'll make it your turn. Yeah. So if I have the drop on him, then, uh, yeah. Cold blooded killer Graham will just walk up and shove my spanner into his throat. All right. That's or maybe the... up under the rib cage, more like supervisor. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Mm -hmm. I like the idea that every time your parents see you now, you're just spraying <laughs> blood in their face because you just killed their captor. I didn't target him, so. That is time. a hit. I will target him now, or I won't. Don't be scared. It's me, Graham. That's kind of weird. There we go. Did you do that, Brandon? Yeah. I don't know why it wasn't letting me. Uh, here's the damage and the sneak attack. Roll as well as I'd hope with a sneak attack. You gonna discharge or keep them gems? Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's let the rage out. Okay. How dare you do this to my sister? Okay, blood tooth harm. I got three gems in there. How's that work? Like, you you just did a sneak attack, so can you dispel the three and gain one? No. No, no it's got to be empty first. Okay. Yeah. All right, so I'll do all three on them. Okay. So we'll throw out another 66. Almost doubled your damage. That's not bad. All right, so you step forward and stab Bloodtooth right into his heart. And, uh, you know, you can see the shock look on his face. Yeah. And then confusion, and then he just slumps to the floor. Now, the way I had been role-playing it from back in the, the day is when I used those gems in that way sort of a murderous mm -hmm. look comes over. So I'm probably like, I got it in there, and I'm like yeah, grinding it around and, oh yeah, you know, like gritting my teeth out. Yeah, and, <laughs> twisting yeah. it. You like watching, <laughs> watching the light. Yeah. Out of 
All right. <laughs> oh, hey, sis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's shoot over to Rohan. So you're following these. Um, oh, the ghost of Cradle. That's you're Rohan's. following these goblins, Rohan. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, they, like I, like you suspected, they very quickly find a trail that they knew was there. And they start moving along this trail. Um you know, un- seem, seeming unbothered by the, the rain and the wind, they walk pretty close to each other, and they're making no attempt to be um, stealthy. Okay. And uh, as they go, um, they're they're talking to each other, um, just, you know, having conversation about how can't believe the ships crashed and, you know, stuff like that. As we go along, I'll be keeping an eye out for an opportunity for if one slows down or stops or falls behind or steps off the trail, kind of if they ever separate, then I'll, I'll try and pick them off. Okay. Uh, all right. So you follow them for a little bit longer and then um, let's get, get them on there. Come on. All right. Roll initiative for me just real quick so we can have it on there. Once I roll it, I'm going to attack. What just happened? Hmm? Don't ask me, Justin. It was just weird when I clicked initiative of everything kind of locked up for a second. Yeah. And then instead of rolling it, it just put the dice in my hand. Oh, okay. It looked like you attacked or something. Sky advanced affair. Yeah. That's weird. Um... Let's see. We'll do it this way then. All right. So um, they're moving along. They're having their conversation about how, you know, everything's falling apart and how evil these elves are and it's frightening. And then one of them mentions that the team had gone out to um, a house in the hills um, and that there had been 10 of them. And they went to collect um, whoever lived there. And that was just an old woman. (laughs) And uh, none of them... (laughs) Only one of them came back, and his um, skin had been turned uh, see-through, and he couldn't see or speak, and then he died an hour later. This is sort of the story they're telling. Good old Nasseri. But they do spread out, um, you know, as they continue moving along, that, you know, they put some distance between each other, um, you know, about 10 feet between each other. And so, you know, as you continue following them, you do reach a point where, uh, that distance has just increased um, to the point where you, you feel like the other ones might not notice. All right. And they're going single file at this point. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll try and pick off the back one. Okay. So, which one do you want me to target? Four. Okay. And I'll, yeah, I'll try to completely annihilate him. Three hits. Okay. Wait. Yeah, hit, miss, hit, hit. Yeah. Three hits. <clears throat> All right, so these um, you know, these arrows streak through the the rain and the darkness and, you know, the lightning from them or the electricity is overshadowed by lightning striking and then that one um doesn't even make a sound as he pitches forward and dead on the trail. Okay. If the others don't recognize then I'll try and quickly drag his body, like catch up to him and drag his body off the trail. How long before an invisible Rohan is out here collecting skulls and leaving skinned bodies in trees? <laughs> um, 
It's I just need happening. one night's sleep to start. <laughs> All right. Yeah, they don't notice you. <laughs> so you creep forward and grab a hold of that goblin and drag him into the underbrush or the undergrowth. Uh, the rest of them continue on. So, you know, the rain's coming down so heavy now. They've got, you know, their hoods up and they're hunched forward as they trod through the mud. Um, so they don't notice. Okay. So then the next one at the back. Okay. Number three. Looks like all misses. The one hit. The fourth attack hit. Yeah. God, that is horrible. All right. So what's that? All right. So that arrow takes him in the back of the throat or back of the neck. And, uh, you know, he pitches forward and his, um, Musket goes flying from his hands and lands in the trail ahead of him, and he dies. Okay. Uh, once again, I'll try and quickly get up there and pull his body off. And the uh, the other two still have not noticed. Okay. On to the last, or the next one. Mm-hmm. Keep forgetting to add my favorite enemy against the, them on the attack. How many ones am I going to roll? Like, I know. This is crazy, crazy man. One. Yeah. But you did get a hit. Okay, so same with that one. Okay, and this time I'm not going to wait for to pull his body off the trail. Just immediately target the last one. All right, so that one um, doesn't seem to notice. And he stops and uh, off the, you know, like a foot off of the trail, there's a large tree. And he steps underneath and leans on it, you know, as if to take a break. And he glances back. And you can see the surprise on his face when he doesn't see any of his companions. Um, then his eyes light on the one that's on the trail, but um, it's your turn. So I'm going to try um, wounding him rather than killing him. So just uh, one attack, try and like hit him in a leg or something like that. Okay. All right, so a called shot. Oh, nice. They got that. So, shooting for his leg. Mm -hmm. All right. So go ahead and do your attack at a minus two. I just take two off that last attack. And then what'd you get? Okay. So that's a hit against his leg. And is it possible to suppress the electricity damage? Yeah. From your yeah, you can do that. Okay. So then it'll just be one d eight plus. Oh. And then normally it would be plus 11 because he's a favorite enemy and all the rest of my stuff. Trying to hold it all in. Yeah, trying to trying not to kill him but wound him to the point where he knows that if he tries anything, he'll die. Still uh, plus four from the bow, right? Yeah. yeah. So seven. Okay. Yeah, plus four from the bow. So you uh, you take this shot and you hit him in the leg. And, uh, you know, it's at this point that he sees you. And uh, he's got this arrow in his leg and he starts limping, trying to get away down the trail. And I'll shout at him and Goblin to stop. All right, he stops and he turns slowly. Uh, as I walk past his dead companion, I'll pick up the musket. Mm -hmm. And I'll say to him, you're going to teach me how to use these. Okay. So you walk up to him and he's got his hand on this arrow that's stuck in his leg and his eyes are wide and he's cl clearly terrified. And uh, you come up and stand before him and tell him that. And uh, that's where we'll have to stop for the day. Nice. Okay. Thank you. 
Yeah, Thanks, thank man. you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good game, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Getting taller. Yeah. Smarter. <laughs> stronger. I'm really liking these uh, note spell lists. This has been a Death Watch production. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.